Finally, the schedule has been released by the Big 12. We got takeaways. We got lots and lots of takeaways on tonight's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button over there and that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. Josh, we got a schedule, finally. So just initial takeaways that you've got as Oklahoma's schedule comes out. Well, I think one of them is we know who's not on the Big 12 schedule for Oklahoma, and that is Kansas State. It's Texas Tech, it's Baylor, and it's Houston. So I, I kind of wish Kansas State was on the schedule just from a, hey, you've been longtime Big 8 uh, opponents. You know, I won't use that rival term, but you've been longtime Big 8 acquaintances. And, oh, by the way, K-State is the defending Big 12 champion. So from that standpoint, yeah, it's probably better for Oklahoma that K-State's not on their regular season schedule just because I think K-State's, you know, look, the defending champion. And with Will Howard back in tow, yes, uh, there's no Deuce Vaughn. Uh, yes, obviously, they're they're losing a talented wide receiver as well. But still think Kansas State is one of the odds-on favorites to repeat as the Big 12 champion. So not having them on the schedule just from a, a competition standpoint, I think benefits Oklahoma. But I'm sort of disappointed just from the uh, the fact that you've played one another for so many years. But uh, it's a, it's a good schedule. It's a good schedule for Oklahoma. I'm intrigued by the fact that Oklahoma John has multiple road dates versus a couple of the couple of the new teams coming in. We knew, uh, based on the Brandon Marcello report that Oklahoma would be hosting UCF. That's the case on, let's see, October 21st. But what we didn't know is Oklahoma is going to open up big 12 play, be the first game ever in big 12 play on the road for the Cincinnati Bearcats, and then obviously the trip to Provo before uh, the Black Friday date versus TCU. So all in all, uh, a good schedule, I think. I'm happy to see Bedlam on the schedule for Oklahoma. Obviously, that's the uh, the trip down to Stillwater like you would have expected it to be. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good schedule. On the Bedlam point, it's odd to me that they're playing the first week of November. And maybe this has happened before. And I just don't know it. But yeah, when you have a, a team now, they're not a, as big a rival as Texas, but that OU Texas game has been played first, second weekend of October forever. So it's it's pretty well locked in to a, a pretty strict time frame. Bedlam to me should have always been your last game of the season. It was weird this past season when it was the second to last game of the season. It just felt like I don't know, it just felt odd that that was not the culmination of the regular season in 2022 to the fact that it's going to be the first week in November in 2023 again is odd to me 
I think you should be playing your rival during rivalry week. But maybe this is just part of the Big 12 saying, hey, it's not a rivalry. And Oklahoma State saying, hey, it's not a rivalry. And, you know, you look at the numbers and it's never really been a rivalry. It's, you know, Oklahoma's owned the matchup forever. And, you know, this is just going to be Oklahoma State's last opportunity. It, it, it is frustrating. I don't like that Kansas State's not on there. Uh, simply, I mean, you look at how many times these two teams have played each other. 103 times in their histories they've played probably need to have that game. I mean, that's a big, you know, a big 12, big eight matchup, even in the big 12, it's had historical significance, you know, even for as young as the conference is, I mean, it's been a big time matchup. And while it may not have the same kind of, you know, cachet nationally that OU Texas might, or even Bedlam might just because of the moniker, it's still a big time game. I mean, if you're ranking teams that would be rivals of Oklahoma, they might be third. Uh, if you're looking at you know what the Big 12 has been, the Big Eight as well, um, not counting Nebraska, I'm just talking about in conference mates. It's a big one. Um, it is interesting to me that they're going to get three of the four new Big 12 teams. Um, you know, they're one of just a couple teams that are that are going to be playing three of those teams. Uh, I don't mind the Cincinnati road trip. If you're going to make, you know, a Cincinnati road trip, better to do it in September than you know, November, but you still got the late November trip to Provo that you're going to have to deal with. Um, and then the fact that tech Baylor and K state aren't on the schedule, I feel like it's kind of one of those like nods from the big 12. It's Hey, you're not going to get a chance to go out on a high note against these three teams. They're going to hold wins over you until you schedule a big 12 game or a, a big 12 non-conference game against them. Um, so yeah, the, that's kind of the thing that I, I took away from that as well. I like that you get to get to play Kansas. I mean, you know, that's a favorable matchup. I'd like that you get Iowa state, you know, you're going to get them um, at home. I think that's a good matchup for you. Obviously Texas in the red river showdown is always going to be a tough one. Uh, and then, you know, you get, UCF at home, I think that's a good matchup for you as well, even though UCF will pose some problems offensively. You're, you're going to be tested even early against Cincinnati. I mean, that's a team that ranked, you know, they weren't ranked great, but they averaged 29 and a half points per game last season. So you're going to get to know whether or not your your defense is up to the task pretty quickly once you open Big 12 play against the Bearcats. So I'm with you. I think I, I do like the schedule. The Big 12 did do Oklahoma a favor by giving them that bye week basically smack dab in the middle of the season where, you know, as soon as red river showdowns over, boom, Oklahoma's got to buy. And then you got your final six games to, to get ready. Now you could say that they didn't do Oklahoma any favors by scheduling a trip to Provo, you know, that late Saturday, that third Saturday in, in November, and then having them come back on black Friday and playing, you know, TCU on that date. But I, I don't know. I don't know if it's any worse for them or if it's any worse for, if it's worse for TCU, to be honest, because they got to play that Saturday too. And then they got to go on the road. At least if you're Oklahoma, you're coming home and, and, and from a road trip, as opposed to going on a road trip after that, I think it, it if anything, your, your schedule is a little bit better. Yeah. Short week. Hopefully they'll do you a bit of a favor and give you an early, an early time slot an 11 a.m. time. Slot. I know we don't want the 11 a.m. time slots. I know that that's like almost as bad as saying we were close. But for that week in particular, you probably want that 11 a.m. time slot one, so you can get the sunshine, and two, so you can get back to Norman, you know, as quickly as you can Saturday night, and then be able to have what would be your normal week. 
Kind of interesting, too. I guess, uh, you know, for West Virginia, it makes sense. Obviously, you know, this first iteration of this thing with Oklahoma and Texas a part of it. Because of the location, West Virginia, Cincinnati, just in general makes sense. That game probably should be played. But just by by my very unofficial count, as you were talking there, John, there's there's five schools that play the the new four, at least three of the four. And there's two schools, Oklahoma State and West Virginia, that play all of the new four. So that's just sort of an interesting uh, the entirety of the Big 12 wrinkle. I'm with you. I think uh, just generally speaking, I love having the bye week smack dab in the middle or final third of the season. To me, uh, would would much rather have it middle portion of the season to later just based on the grind of a, a college football season. I think, you know, it sets you up to be successful in that championship November stretch that Oklahoma has popularized if you get, again, the bye week like they do in October 14th or later. So that's one portion of it that definitely jumped out to me as well. Uh, the, the schedule difficulty itself, I think I think that's, uh, that's worth diving into. Uh, obviously, Cincinnati has been a recent college football playoff participant. No, there's no uh, Ritter at Cincinnati anymore. That was a nine-win team a season ago, so they were good. But, John, they weren't clearly what they were the season before. Uh, BYU and eight win teams. So neither of those two road dates, not that they're easy, but that's not going to Manhattan, Kansas, right? I mean, just on paper, those two, at least going in, should be easier road dates. Oklahoma State, I think, sets up to be a little down, John, going into next season. And uh, honestly, like as I'm looking at the schedule, is Kansas the toughest road game for Oklahoma next season? I mean, true road game, that might just be the case. You know, Oklahoma State up in Stillwater, you know that that fan base, that crowd is going to be geeked up for potentially what could be the last bedlam game for who knows how long. And you know that's going to be the talk and the and the buildup is going to be, even if we don't have a buyout situation between now and the start of the 2023 season, and we don't have an exit agreement for Oklahoma and Texas, that, you know, November, I think it was a November 4th matchup for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State is going to be fire. Like what the atmosphere was like, Bedlam 2021 kind of ratcheted up a couple notches. And it I don't even think necessarily it'll matter if Oklahoma State's good or not, because they're going to want to unleash all this fury all this angst, all this jealousy, maybe on the Oklahoma Sooners one last time before potentially they're heading off to the SEC. I mean, it's going to be whether Oklahoma goes in 20 after the 2023 season or after the 2024 season, this will be the last time that Stillwater gets to host the Sooners for who knows how long. So there's going to be a lot of pent up energy that's going to need to be unfurled and it's going to be coming at Dylan Gabriel, at that offense, at the coaching staff, at the University of Oklahoma for this departure to the SEC. So that's going to be a really interesting week. And maybe if you're a Sooners fan, you, you want to start buying those tickets early so that there's fewer Cowboys uh, in the stands. But uh, we're going to we got more takeaways. We've got more thoughts. We'll give you kind of our confidence level game to game uh, through the schedule as we go. Uh, and then just kind of give an idea for what the floor might be for Oklahoma in win total, 
what their ceiling might be as well. We'll do that after we talk to you about FanDuel. Super Bowl's here. It is all set. I'm looking at uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook numbers as we speak. The Eagles, a point and a half favorite over the Kansas City Chiefs. Super Bowl 57. Uh, let's see, over-under still, 49 and a half points. Some interesting little prop bets, if you will. Some some special odds. Uh, let's see, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith to combine for 200-plus receiving yards. That's 5-1. to one. I kind of like this one for Kansas City. Isaiah Pacheco, 50-plus receiving yards and one rush or receiving score. I think he is scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl. That's 14-1, to and I think there's a really good chance that he's heavily involved out of the backfield catching the football for Kansas City. Anytime touchdown scores, you've got your usual suspects. Travis Kelsey, minus 125. Hertz is uh, plus 105. Let's see. Uh, the the defense is Kansas City, 7-1. to uh, I don't know about that. Uh, Philadelphia is 13 to two, their defense to score. So some interesting, interesting numbers over there at the, the fan duel sports book where you can get started today, John new customers join today, get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. So you don't want to miss out on that. Uh, easy to use app. It's all right there, all on the app, safe, secure, super easy again to use. So football fans don't miss out. The Super Bowl, it's here, baby. Place your first $5 bet and get that $150 in free bets, win or lose. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the National Football League. So just initially looking at the schedule for Oklahoma, the the, the non-conference portion, Oklahoma's 3-0. Oklahoma's 3-0 going into the, the Big 12 schedule. You do have a challenging road date in Cincinnati to start, but uh, I like, John, just initial reaction to the schedule. I like Oklahoma to take care of business and hand Cincinnati its first Big 12 loss in that opener. I like OU to be a perfect 5-0, and go into the Red River Showdown, and then uh, obviously we'll see what happens in the Cotton Bowl. You got a bye week, and then it's the, the final six of the season Started off by uh, an important game for Dylan Gabriel versus UCF. Yeah, so I did a little exercise, just kind of initial reaction over on the Locked On Center's Twitter account, where I just basically went through it, instant reaction. How confident was I feeling about you know those games? And the only two that I felt question questionable about were the Red River Showdown and the matchup with BYU up in Provo late in the year. The rest of them, I feel like, I mean, I feel like Oklahoma is going to win those games. Now, a lot's going to depend on what TCU looks like. But as I mentioned earlier this week, I don't think TCU is the same team that they were this year. I don't think Chandler Morris has the same dog in him that Max Duggan has. I don't know if they're going to be able to replace a Kendra Miller, who was a huge play threat for them, Quentin Johnston as well. So, I mean, they might have a really good situation going on with Sonny Dykes, with Kendall Bryles. But do they have the heart that it's going to take to have a similar type run in 2023? I don't know that that's the case. Is Chandler Morris a, a capable quarterback? 100%. He really is. But as we saw this year, it takes more than just being a capable quarterback. you got to have the intangibles that can kind of will your team to victory. And Duggan did that. Kendra Miller at times did that for them. Quentin Johnston was a man amongst boys at times as well. So a lot of things are going to have to go right for them to have a repeat performance. 
but I see them kind of falling back into the pack this year. So I don't, I'm not as concerned about that one. Again, not having Kansas state on, on the schedule, man, I have a ton of confidence when I look at this thing, obviously the red river showdown, even when both teams are good, or even when Oklahoma is looking like the better team on paper, that's always a toss up game. Right. And so it's hard to feel like super confident about that one. Oklahoma needs to win it. We talked about it during the live show that they need it more than Texas needs it, but I don't feel great about that matchup. I'll feel better once I see Oklahoma's defense in big 12 play against Cincinnati uh, and against um, who do they play after that against Iowa state. Now Iowa state, I don't think gives us a really great test offense from their offense. I think their defense will be good, but offensively I'd still think they're still a step behind Oklahoma. So yeah, it, a five and zero start is very reasonable. You know, even if you drop, you know, the game against Texas, I still feel good about going into Provo, you know, sitting at what, nine and one on the season. And then you're just two game. You have two more games to figure out if you're going to be a big 12 title contender or not. And I feel great about splitting those last two. Um, you know, yeah, I think they can go up to, to Provo and win. BYU had some struggles this, this past season against power five opponents and they're losing Jaron Hall to the NFL. And that's a big loss at quarterback for them. And so that's going to be a big transition for them as a team. And so Oklahoma is going to have a chance to take advantage of it. Now, difficult place to play. They're going to potentially be some, you know, difficult weather things to overcome, which we saw against West Virginia this past year, how that was a bit of an equalizer. So there will definitely be some things that, that are transpiring around the game that have very little to do with the two rosters but I do think Oklahoma is good enough to go into Provo and win. It's just a matter of, will they? Now, I watched something from, um, I think it was our guy, Jacob C. Hatch, who hosts Locked On, Coug- Locked On Cougars, the BYU podcast. Uh, he shared something on Twitter. It was some guys just talking about the importance of getting a team like Oklahoma to Provo in late November. It's something they said never happens because one, being an independent, and two, then you know being a part of what, was used to be called or what was not a, a group of five then, but it basically is a group of five, you know, conference. You never got big time blue blood programs to come to Utah in late November for a game. And so that's going to be an atmosphere, a crowd that's going to be just pumped to be hosting the Sooners, especially if it's a game that has big 12 title game implications either for either side or for both sides, even if it's just Oklahoma kind of still trying to fight their way into the big 12 title game, that's going to be huge. And, and that fan base is going to be geeked up as well to, to slow Oklahoma's role. But I really do think that going into Provo that you're sitting at nine and one on the season with a great shot of finishing 11 and one. Now I was very confident in this team last year. I was very confident in what they could do. I think talent-wise, they're better off this year than what they were last year. I think some things regress to the mean as far as the you know, one-score losses. I think the defense improves enough to make them a much better football team. But I feel really good about where the schedule lands. I, yeah, you got some difficult road trips in there, but nothing that's like going to Manhattan. You're not going back to Morgantown. You're not going to Lubbock. So you're not going to Ames like – to me, those are some of the toughest places to play, and you don't have to go to any of them this year. Yeah, the Kansas State element to it, not having them on is huge. You've got Chris Kleiman, who's 3-1, and one, 
versus Oklahoma. But, you know, probably the lesser told part of that is Aranda's two and one and has won the last two over Oklahoma. And oh, by the way, our man down at uh, Texas Tech, Mr. McGuire's, he's one and oh against Oklahoma. So actually, the, the three teams that Oklahoma from the current construction of the Big 12 that they're not sticking with, Oklahoma didn't have a, a great last couple of years against. So take from that whatever you will. I look at the schedule, John, and to me, I say at Cincinnati, difficult, losable type game. Cotton Bowl, obviously, versus Texas. At Kansas, at BYU. Everything else, to me, is a win for Oklahoma. Unless I see a Rashada wind up, wind up at TCU or there's a, a transfer portal quarterback that we don't know about just yet for TCU. Honestly, I don't think that's altogether an imposing close versus TCU. To me, they're a, ma- a massive fallback candidate in 2023. I don't think TCU will be nearly as good as they were uh, this past season. So all of the home games, to me, look like wins for Oklahoma. And uh, so I'm looking at those road games there in the Texas game. And honestly, the Oklahoma State game, to me, crazy to say, I think is the easiest road game of all of the road games for Oklahoma. Just the way I'm looking at the schedule right now and who I think Oklahoma State is going to be going into next season. Now, just off the – you mentioned BYU, and you're right. That is going to be a fan base and a stadium that is frothing at the mouth for Oklahoma for that November 18th game. Obviously, two weeks before that November 4th, Stillwater, same thing at Boone Pickett Stadium, right? I just don't think, John, I think they're the worst team that Oklahoma is going to play on the road in 2023. So to me, you know, putting all of that together, mixing it up in a nice uh, Sooner 2023 stew, I think it's a very navigable schedule for Oklahoma. I don't see a ton of losses on it. And yes, we've done this song and dance before, but right now today, I'll be surprised if Oklahoma finishes with more than two losses. Yeah, it's kind of where I'm sitting too. We'll have a few more takeaways, but first I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried it, I highly recommend it. Been eating Built Bar now for two and a half years. Absolutely love it. Got a box of them sitting on the fridge and can't go wrong, whether it's a breakfast, a meal replacement, a pre-workout, a post-workout. You just need a snack. Built Bar is a great place to go because it's 100% covered in chocolate. They've got great flavors like peanut butter brownie, which are is my personal favorite. The mint brownie, they've also got fantastic granola bars as well. And you can get them all over at built.com. Low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, a perfect supplement for you. They've also got them at Sam's Club. And some, I'm hearing people talk about them at Walmart at times too. So you might check your local Walmart or Sam's Club, see if you can get them. But if you go to the website, you can use our promo code LOCKED15 and you can get 15% off your next order of Built Bar. Again, that's built.com. Use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your next order over at built.com for the best tasting protein bar ever. So you sat there and you said, okay, you'd be surprised if there were more than two losses on the schedule. And that's kind of where I fall too. I know I said, I, I think it was sometime last week where I talked about, I felt like the floor for Oklahoma was eight wins on the schedule. Man, I look at it now, and I, you're telling me I don't have to go to to Waco. I don't have to go to uh, Manhattan this year. I don't have to go to you know some of these other difficult places. Like it's it's really good. Like it's a really good schedule. 
it, it's really good. Yes, you got that, you know, short week. I know people are kind of, you know, there's mixed opinions on that. And maybe you can talk about kind of what you're feeling about the the short week in which Oklahoma will play on the Black Friday. But all in all, man, it's a really favorable schedule and and it's it's kind of it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice to have a what would be deemed as a favorable favorable schedule as we sit here on January 31st. There's some people, John, too. I, you know, you're right. Not having to go to Waco, not having to go to Manhattan is a win for Oklahoma in terms of the schedule not being as difficult as it could be, right? There's some people that think that Texas Tech's going to be pretty good uh, this coming season. So not having them on the schedule might be a sneaky surprise under the Christmas tree that we find later in terms of uh, Oklahoma's schedule not being altogether as difficult as maybe it could have been. So time will tell on that front. But, yeah, I I like the schedule. Like I said, I I think, uh, to me, I'm looking at those four games that uh, I think are losable for Oklahoma. And, again, that's Cincinnati, Texas, Kansas, and BYU. Everything else to me looks like a win. And I don't expect Oklahoma to lose all of those games. Matter of fact, right now, if you ask me today, I'm probably picking Oklahoma 11-1 and with a loss to Texas in the Cotton Bowl. So let's get a little conspiracy theory here. So what do you make of the fact that every other Big 12 team posted a, you know, team specific graphic or, you know, if you if you saw um who was it? Now I'm blanking on who the the school was that did all I guess it was Texas. Texas did all the SpongeBob SquarePants um, you know, memes for their schedule release. Cincinnati had a cool thing going. Um, but neither Texas nor Oklahoma have actually posted the schedule on their website. They just, and the, the Oklahoma account hasn't done anything, but just retweet the big 12 schedule. So what do you make of all that, Josh? I don't think that the, I don't think the people at OU had the schedule until very, very late. Now, whether that's Joe Castiglione on down or whether Joe C had the schedule, but didn't pass it along to, you know, the, you know, the football athletic department, Mike Houck and, and beyond, I don't know, but uh, I think they got the schedule late. I think they were one of the last ones to receive what their finalized full schedule looked like. And as a result, I don't think you saw a big social media push from Oklahoma. I don't think this is uh, sour milk from Oklahoma about, Hey, we're not going to support the big 12 in our final year here. Oklahoma has been everything but that John uh, Joe Castiglione in every public uh, appearance has made it clear that look until the grant of rights is up which okay probably Oklahoma is not playing that final year in the the big 12 conference for the final year of the grant of rights but when they're here they're going to be a valued member of the big 12 conference they're going to support the big 12 conference they're not going to make little pot shots out on the way well at the big 12 on the way out right they value this membership with the big 12 conference So it's not like Oklahoma, to me, would go out of its way to not put the schedule out because it's somehow beneath them or on and on and on. I just don't think they got the schedule until very late in the game, John. Yeah, and it's it's going to be interesting to see, like, what they end up saying about it. Um, You know, I posted a a question out on Twitter just asking for people's instant reactions to it. It seems like a lot of people are not thrilled with the, the home slate. You know, you're getting a group of teams at home that maybe aren't all that exciting. Like you're getting Iowa State, UCF, West Virginia, TCU. 
some people are calling it boring. Some people are calling it the worst home schedule of all time. Um, what, what do you think about that, Josh? Well, uh, yeah, there, there's not a ton of there, there's not a ton of substance in terms of who we think is going to be a powerful team going into next season. I mean, the the actual just non-conference portion of the schedule stunk to begin with, right? I mean, there's there's just no escaping that Arkansas and Arkansas State and SMU not going to excite a bunch of people in Norman. Then you got what TCU who is going to take a big step back. West Virginia doesn't figure to be all that great. Iowa state. Yeah. Isn't going to excite a bunch of people. UCF might be the best home game, John, just because of the Dylan Gabriel factor. And I don't think UCF is going to be altogether great in 2023. So look, it is what it is. Probably there was going to be something in this schedule that you weren't fired up about. And there's probably two things, right? There's that. And then there is the trip to Provo, slash quick turnaround for Black Friday game. That's a long trip out to Utah, and it's a short turnaround back for Black Friday versus TCU. I tend to uh, not put too much anger or resentment into that. I dig Black Friday football. I told you as much on yesterday's show. So to me, it's kind of like, ah, whatever, no big deal. And I'm fired up about the Provo trip too. Would it have been nicer if that game was sooner on the schedule? Yeah, I mean, just logistically – Sure, it would have been more advantageous to Oklahoma, but it, it is the final year, probably, that you're playing in this Big 12 Conference, John, before. I don't know that we're going to have a lot of years where we look at the SEC schedule for Oklahoma and say, man, what a boring schedule. That's right. This might be the last boring schedule that you have. However, if it is boring, potentially it's a, could be a lot of fun at home in uh, the uh, – Gaylord family, Oklahoma Memorial stadium. I've been talking about Lloyd Noble so much the last uh, few days that now I'm blanking on Gaylord family. So, I mean, it could be a lot of fun. You could have some, a lot of fireworks go off if uh, everything goes the way we think it could go. So all in all, you know, good schedule. I don't think it's one of those that's going to keep you from contending from the big 12 or for the big 12. I don't think it's going to be one of those that you you look at your, your schedule and you're like, man, if they, come off if they start off slow they could be in a bad way like i don't think so i mean even even if you go to cincinnati and you drop that one you have a a really nice chance to bounce back pretty quickly against cincinnati before going to red river showdown i mean you're not looking at oklahoma piling up losses next season like they did this season i just don't i think they're going to be a much better team i think defensively they'll be much better and defense travels and if this team is better defensively, even again, if it's just a little bit better defensively, they're going to be a better football team because the offense is going to be good. We know that it's just a matter of can the defense pick up the slack enough up enough in order to kind of help the offense out a little bit. So all in all, good schedule, going to be fun in some instances, maybe not so fun in some others, but hey. Potentially, this is the last go round before we get into a lot of really entertaining yet much more challenging games uh, in the SEC. Josh, any more thoughts on that before we take before we step away? No, I, I just again in closing, I think it's a schedule that Oklahoma should have a lot of success against. If you call it a boring home schedule, it's a again navigatable 
schedule for Oklahoma. So I see, to me, I'm seeing a lot of wins on this schedule in one Texas game that I don't feel great about right now today, but maybe that's just a lingering 49 to nothing and some of that national perception out there that Texas is this team to beat in the Big 12 Conference. So I don't know. Uh, you know, Oklahoma could go undefeated against this schedule. I, I don't think Texas is just light years better than Oklahoma. I'll pick them to beat OU right now today based on what we know from this past season. But, man, I, I don't see anybody on this schedule to me that is a guaranteed loss for Oklahoma. So see a lot of wins on this 2023 schedule. Yeah, and they'll be favored in a lot of games uh, prior to the season as well. And, I mean, that Texas game, again, like we talked about, it's always a coin flip no matter how good the teams are. It's just one of those games that you can never really prepare for and never really uh, create a lot of expectation for because it could go so many kinds of ways. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in. Again, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and over on YouTube. Also, make sure you hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop or when we go live for our live show, which is every Monday night at 9 p.m. Central Time. For Josh Helmer, I'm John Williams. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sooners. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref and me at John Nine Williams. We'll talk to you again tomorrow night. Boomer Sooner.